St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you have done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. Our life has changed in such a good way since being here, and that may sound cliche, um, but it truly has. We meet people every Sunday when you come, it's always somebody new coming in. St. Matthew's to me is a place of refuge. Coming to church has always felt safe. I was led to the church because uh, I felt like he was speaking to me. For me, it's definitely a place of love, and um, it's truly some great people in this church that really just want to, that really have like a heart for God and really just want to like, just serve. The Holy Spirit has a way of, of sending a, a word to answer some of the questions that you might have. I've seen the impact that it not only had on my family, St. Matthew's, but also that it has in our community. I tell people, because they're seeing the difference in me and they're saying, what, what are you doing? I'm like, me and my husband, we going to church. What church do you go to? And I say, St. Matthew's in Williamstown. And like, I'm so proud to say that I go there because it changed my life. It's home.
the day that we commemorate the raising, rising from the dead of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he got up with all power in his hands. He was crucified, dead and buried, but rose the third day on a Sunday morning with all power and authority in his hands. And on this resurrection morning, we celebrate. We celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. We lift him up. We praise him. We thank him for our salvation. We thank him for his inspiration. We thank him for his sanctification. We thank him for his glorification. Jesus is risen. He rose that we may be justified. He rose that we may have eternal life. He rose so he could abide in and with us. And we greet you this morning in the matchless name of Jesus. Easter Sunday is not about amen, dot eggs and rabbits and egg hunts. It's about the only begotten Son of God who Amen. Turned hell out and got up early on Sunday morning with all power in his hands. And we are witnesses that he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me. How I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Up from the grave, he arose. And as we celebrate and commemorate this great day throughout history that Jesus is risen, it's the good news of the gospel. He got up from the grave. He's Lord, he's liberator, and he's love. Jesus, the Christ, son of the living God, and God, the son. And we pray for you and your family this morning. We pray that you would be safe and secure during this pandemic. We pray that you would follow the instructions of our overseers to stay in, stay space, continuously wash your hands for 20 seconds, wear a mask when you go out in gloves. We pray that you would obey those that have the rule over you, Romans 13. Don't defy the message in which professional medical people have shared with us. That is that as we celebrate this occasion, your child, your children, listen, your grandchildren, we're praying that they would be saved and secure. We're praying that your whole family will be taken care of in this pandemic environment. We pray for our government. We pray for the world. We pray for your comfort and strength. And this morning, we want you to remain faithful to Jesus by tithing online and 
sending in, if possible, your tides through the mail, P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. I'm Dr. Raymond M. Gordon, senior pastor for 32 years of this great, awesome church. We thank God for you. And our primary objective is to exalt our Christ. It is to exalt Jesus, that Jesus is the preeminent. He's better than everything else. He's better than Moses, better than the law, better than the Levitical law, better than angels. He's better. He's Jesus, the Christ, son of the living God. And as we celebrate and commemorate this great day of resurrection, we want to go to Mark chapter 16, and in Mark, Mark lays out for us, amen, his account. The city of Jerusalem had a hush because on Friday there was a horrific crucifixion of Jesus Christ who had a man proclaimed to be the prophet, son of God, God the son, and he was crucified and placed in a borrowed tomb. That is, and I want you to hear this, the disciples went into hiding, the women were crying, the Sanhedrin council, the rulers, they were happy as they mocked him. But the Bible lets us know that early on Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead with all power in his hands and women, beginning with Mary Magdalene, women, women, women went to the grave to place spices on his body as a burial anointing. And metaphorically, the tomb began to talk. My subject this morning on this Resurrection Sunday is the talking tomb, which is a metaphor. What is a metaphor? A metaphor is a figure of speech which is implicit, implied, of two unrelated items, but a hidden comparison. That the tomb talked, the talking tomb. God talks to us through our circumstances. God talks to us through our conflict. God talks to us through his comfort. God can cause things not related to us to talk. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and before we jump into the text of Mark, the four gospels of Jesus Christ, the earthly life of Jesus Christ, Matthew presents him as Messiah. And the Matthew account each account is slightly different, not contradictory, but slightly different because they come from different perspectives. You and I can be looking at the same thing and come away with different accounts. So Matthew says that early on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, resurrection morning, that uh, 
yeah, that the women went to the grave and there was an earthquake. Don't miss that. Where a, a mighty, powerful, glistening, glorious angel had descended from heaven. Now listen to this. And he rolled away the stone and sat on it. Lord, have mercy. And the guards who were guarding the tomb were stricken with fear and fell dead. And he said to the women, be not afraid. I know you're seeking Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen as he said. Go tell your brethren that he will meet them in Galilee. Lord have mercy. And, and behold, the women went away, and, and as they went away, Lord have mercy, the Bible in Matthew goes on to say that as they went away, they, they, they were stricken, they, 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 they saw the Lord, they fell at his feet and worshipped him. The Lukean account, book of Luke, Luke was a physician and a historian, Luke is a little slight different account. Luke says, now on the first day of the week, amen, at, at, at the beginning of the day that the women went to, listen to this, the tomb to anoint, amen, the body with spices. The Lukean account says that uh, the women went to the tomb and the stone had been rolled back. And they peeped in the grave and saw two men dressed in white. They were angels. And one angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen, as he said. He was crucified by sinful men and buried and rose again the third day with all power in his hands. And so Mary Magdalene went back and found Peter, and Peter ran and looked into the grave and saw nobody, and everybody was puzzled. That's the Lukean account. The John, John's account, John presents Jesus as God. John tells us in John chapter 20 that Jesus, Lord have mercy, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, the sun was rising, and Mary Magdalene, the other woman, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they, they came to the grave site. And as they came to the grave site, uh, they came to the tomb. The Bible says Mary Magdalene ran back and told Simon Peter. Notice he's using the word Simon, weak one. He told Simon Peter, who was in hiding, the Lord's body is missing. Peter ran to the grave, and John, the apostle that Jesus loved, outran Peter. Now, let me stop, pause, and park, because John outran Peter in other ways. John outlived Peter. History says Peter was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord. But John in his 90s was, amen, abandoned at the Isle of Patmos, caught up into the third heaven, and he wrote the apocalypse. John beat Peter to the grave, but John didn't go in. John stooped and looked, 
and saw the grave clothes folded. And the Bible says John believed. But Peter rushed in. And when he rushed in, he saw uh, the grave clothes folded. He saw the, the, head, the head cloth folded and neatly placed. Amen. And uh, child of God, as they left, Mary continued to cry outside of the tomb. And the angel said to Mary, why are you crying? He's not here. He's risen, as he said. And she said, where have you laid him? And Mary, hanging there with me, uh, lifted up her head and saw a man behind her standing, thinking he was the gardener, but it was Jesus. And he said, why are you weeping, woman? And she said, because I don't know where they have laid my Lord. And then Jesus said, Mary. She looked up and she said, Rabboni, teacher. And Jesus said, don't clutch me. Listen to this. For I have not yet ascended to my father and your father to my God and your God. That's John's account. But the Mark, the Mark, Mark, the Markinian account, Mark says something different here in chapter 16 of Mark. Now after the Sabbath, which is a Saturday, had ended, Mary Magdalene, amen, and two other women, Shalom and the mother of James, went early to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. Listen to this. And as they were going, they conferred with one another, who will move the stone for it is large? And when they looked up, the stone had already been moved. Let me stop, pause, and part. Obstacles in your life, God has already taken care of. Things that need to be moved, God has already moved. And, and so, child of God, uh, the... The, the Mark's account is that when they came to the grave, they saw a young man dressed in white sitting on the right-hand side of where Jesus had lain. And it's this Mary Magdalene, significant, who Jesus delivered from seven demons. She was demon-possessed when Jesus healed her. Isn't it amazing that only the worst becomes witnesses? I, I am so glad that God delivered me from my social sins, my sexual sins, and my spiritual sins. Three different classifications. He, he, he saved me from hell. He saved me from Satan. He saved me from myself. He saved me from the guttermost to the uttermost. Here in our text, as we use this metaphor of a talking tomb. I want to suggest three ways this tomb talked. Thank you, Jesus. That is, that is the tomb, listen to this, the tomb talked at its opening, which is God's grace. Grace is what we don't deserve. It's a privilege to the pitiful. And God oftentimes opens up 
our minds, our hearts, our wills, our eyes. Because we are blind as a bat with sunglasses on. We can't see. God opened up this tomb not to let Jesus out, but to let others in. The opening of this tomb caused this tomb to talk that Jesus had risen from the grave, that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Notice you don't see no demonic or satanic activity here because Satan wouldn't dare peep his head. Angels are flying around. Uh, glory is in the vicinity. Jesus is risen with all power in his hands. And by the way, when Jesus died and went in the grave, he didn't lay there for three days. The Bible says in Peter, 1 Peter 3, that he went marching into Sheol. He went into hell and, listen, he preached to the spirits. The spirits of those that kept not their first estate, Genesis 6, that God put away in chains and Tartarus. And Jesus was preaching to the spirits. I told you so. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. Do I have a witness? And, and that's why the psalmist said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up to everlasting arms, for the king of glory shall come in. Some have said, who is this king of glory? Abraham said, I'll tell you, he's a city on a hill. Jeremiah said, he's a bomb in Gilead. Ezekiel said, he's a will in a will. He's the risen Christ. When God wants to open up to you, he moves stones. Do I have a witness? He told him, move the stone when he went to raise Lazarus, didn't he? He always moves stones so that we can see him, we can know him, we can uh, praise him, we can come to adore him. I wonder in your life how many times God has opened up your mind, your heart, your will, your act of forgiveness. He opened up metaphorically this tomb, and the tomb started talking. Do I have a witness? I'm so glad that God opened up salvation to me. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't listen. I didn't seek him. He sought me. He came to seek and to uh, save that which was lost. I'm so glad that my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. I'm so glad that Jesus thought it not robbery to save me from my sins. Do I have a witness? He changed my mind. He changed my heart. He changed my will in time in a process called progressive sanctification. But he opened up, Lord have mercy, my tomb. I can see things today I couldn't see yesterday. I can feel things today I, can't, I couldn't feel yesterday. I know things today I didn't know yesterday. The tomb talked. At its opening. But secondly, the tomb talked at the optics in the tomb. When Mary Magdalene and them looked in the tomb, they saw two men dressed in white, one at the head, one at the feet, where Jesus laid. And they said, Fear not, he's not here, he's risen. 
as he said, there are optics that God brings, not actual things we see, because that's not faith. Faith is something of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Even through this pandemic, we are trusting God to keep us safe. We are trusting God to make things right. We are trusting God to rebuke this virus. We are trusting God. Not government, not White House, not outhouse. We're trusting God. Thou has been our dwelling place in all generations. We trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall uh, direct our paths. The tomb talked at the optics. The tomb talked to my heart through optics. God showed me spiritually the end of the wicked. They're going to hell. God showed me People who do good works but don't believe that he is the Christ, they're going to hell. God showed me that everybody in church is not saved and they, some of them are going to hell. They optics. God will show you things. Won't he show you things? He'll show you that without him you can do nothing. He'll show you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He'll show you that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. He'll show you why are you fearful. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. God will give you some optics. He'll give you optics of who he is. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He'll give you optics of who you are. You're a sinner that needs to be saved by grace. He'll give you optics of how to love your wife, love your husband, be submissive. Yeah, be sacrificial. Stand by. Learn them, study them, help out. Love your children, forgive them of their mistakes. Pray for their salvation. Optics. Every day I wake up, he's giving me another optic. Can I get a witness? He's showing things that I would never see. So the tomb talked through the opening. The tomb talked, Lord, have mercy, through the optics. But third, metaphorically, the tomb talked through the outcome. The outcome was, yeah, that Jesus had risen. The optics and the outcome worked hand in hand. And the outcome was that Jesus went up to the upper room, walked through the walls. Amen. And the Bible says, while all the disciples and followers were up there in the upper room, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Peace I bring to you. Showed them his hands and his feet and his side where nails were in his hands. And he said, I'll meet you in Galilee at the Great Commission where over 600 Christians appeared. And Jesus said, yeah, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, look at the participles, I-N-G, as you are going, as you are baptizing, as you are teaching, 
I'm with you always, uh, even until the end of the age. He has a favorable outcome for his children. Uh, do I have a witness? He has a favorable outcome because he is the risen Christ. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That is, he is the beginning and the ending. He's Jehovah Nissa. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Sinkanu. He's Jehovah M. Kadesh. He's El Shaddai. He's El Roy. He's El Elyon. Do I have a witness? He's Redeemer. He's Righteousness. Yeah, he's my sure reward. His name is Jesus. Son of God, son of David, son of Abraham. He is the seed of Adam and Eve. He is the Savior. He's the sin bearer. But I'm so glad that early he got up with all power in his hands. I'm so glad that he's my risen Savior. I'm so glad that when I have a need, he's already there. When difficulty comes, deliverance is, is already in place. Do I have a witness? We have nothing to fear. We, we praise the name of Jesus. He's going to move this pandemic. Hey, can I get a witness? But in the midst of moving it, somebody's going to cry out, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? ABC, admit that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and he's God's only begotten son and ask him to come to your life and save you. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all glory. He's the resurrected Christ. He cannot fail. He's the potentate of all paradise in the day Lord have mercy that you hear him harden not your hearts now unto him who's able listen to this these are superlatives to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, to the only wise God, our Savior, he's worthy. I'm a witness that he's worthy. He's worthy when I'm unworthy. He's worthy when I won't be a witness. He's worthy of all praise, glory, honor, and adoration. That's what Resurrection Day is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. He snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments. And I'm going to live for him. Can, I'm going to die in him. I'm going to be in glory by him. Jesus is the Christ, son of the living God. So happy Resurrection Day. We commemorate him getting out of the grave. And he went back to glory. And he's sitting at the right hand side of God interceding for the saints. Thank you, Jesus. Every time I get in trouble, you're praying.
Thank you, Jesus. You keep pulling me out of difficulty. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy. I said worthy. I said worthy. You're worthy of all praise. We love you, Lord. Not my will, but may thine will be done. Have your way. Put a covering around our families. Put a covering around our church. Put a covering around your members. Put a covering around your people. That 10,000 may fall, but it will not come nigh unto thee. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Sing glory, glory to the Lamb. This is why. For 